0: And we welcome you back to Ingles and Ian. I am Ian Nickel. Uh, Jacob Ingles is out today, uh, so filling his shoes as all, uh, not as always—making his Ingles and Ian debut. Colin Price, Colin, how are you today?
1: I'm doing great. How are you doing, Ian?
0: I, I'm doing fantastic. Well, I'll say yesterday I was a little upset. I think most OSU fans were. Mm-hmm. Little, you're just going to dive on into it. Uh, Oklahoma State's appeal for their postseason ban and their punishments concerning Lamont Evans got denied. I don't think a lot of Oklahoma State fans were expecting that, because I, I know I wasn't expecting it, but no. the NCAA ruled on punishments from 2017, and they still made the wrong call.
1: Had five years to figure it out five years and then an extra nine months we say are you sure about that are you really really sure and they still just i mean if you look back at the the ncaa's track record i don't there are very very few instances where they've overturned on appeals but this felt like one that like was really deservedly so like it really felt like they should have you know really compared to what they had ruled on other cases i mean hell even south carolina who is in trouble because of Lamont Evans for doing the exact same thing. Even South Carolina got way less of a punishment for literally the same crime. So it's, it's nonsensical at this point.
0: It is. It's dumb. I agree. But Mike Boyden in the press conference on Wednesday, he has, he's come out as a winner regardless because the way that he has shown his emotion about this team and about how much this is bull crap he he, i think he would scorched earth on the ncaa so did weiberg but i think that's going to turn a lot of heads of uh recruits i think a little bit where it's just like okay hey this guy uh this guy has her back this guy a little bit
1: so it's it's kind of have a same effect like the uh gundy's i'm a man i'm 40 speech did you know he says that he uses that as a piece of recruiting nowadays, you know to show parents, hey, when the media comes after your kid, this is what I'm gonna do and well, now he can go into a recruit's house and say, "Don't you ever say i I don't have your back or i've I've never cared or I've never whatever about my players
0: one hundred percent yeah, people are saying they'd run through a wall for Boyden, and I don't really blame them, and I love how the Oklahoma State community as a whole has they have just gone, they've gone scorched earth. They usually do, but they have definitely gone scorched earth on uh, on the NCAA here. And with the scrimmage coming back um, on, or there's going to be an e- expedition. I think I said that wrong. <laughs> uh,
1: exhibition?
0: Exhibition, yeah. I don't know why. Um, <laughs> but it's against UCO, and I think a lot of people are going to be fired up i think we might see a sold out <laughs> that's gonna be weird selling out against selling out an exhibition.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so i don't know i don't know if, if it'll be a sellout but it'll, it'll be way more excited than any exhibition in the last gosh 10 years maybe 100
0: uh anything that like doesn't involve like usa basketball or whatever
1: yeah like, oh yeah pros. so
0: I don't really know what else we could say about it other than it's stupid and that it's bull crap. Like there, cause there's not a lot else you could say.
1: There really isn't. I mean, you can just, we can compare it and just maybe say, all right, well, if this is how they're trying to make an example, maybe everyone involved in this case will get, you know, lit up, you know, a couple of the people who have already, they've already ruled on kind of Scott free for right now, South Carolina was the first one I mentioned. And, you know, A couple of the other schools have, but like the hammer hasn't really fallen for KU and Arizona and a couple of the other teams that were caught up in this. So we'll see if anything changes, Uh, but it, it just feels like this is, you know, the NCAA getting their ever loving payback on OSU for who knows what crime they committed against them. It feels down and dirty and they're yet to give any reason why it isn't down and dirty. Yeah. Yeah. Because
0: there's just not a whole lot that makes sense about this. Uh, Boyden said in the press conference that there was one $300 payment to a recruit.
1: Yep. Not even a recruit. Uh, If he's a player, I've got it. I've got it pulled up here. What, you know, the whole thing was, Oklahoma state was one of four schools that had an assistant arrested by the FBI in late September 2017. That assistant, Lamont Evans, pled guilty in January 2019 and and eventually spent 3 months in federal prison. Evans was found to have acted unethically and illegally after being captured on federal wiretaps and surreptitious uh, probably said that wrong videos. Uh, evidence <laughs> obtained by the federal government caught Evans willingly participating in a plot to recruit players to the basketball slash marketing agency while he was employed by Oklahoma State and prior to that, South Carolina. Evans was proven to have accepted at least $18,150 in bribes, all of it money unknowingly provided by the by the federal government during its sting operation. Evans was working with yada, yada, yada. Uh, I'll s- just skip over to the player part here. Basically, it was uh, Jeffrey Carroll. Uh, Jeffrey Carroll Carroll got $300 and he paid it right back when they found out where it came from. And that was it. There was no on-court advantage. It's not like he was recruiting players. You're trying to, you know, be the bag man between that. It was literally, he was trying to get OSU players to use uh, marketing and uh, marketing services and agents that were paying him kickbacks for steering them towards those agencies.
0: Unreal. And Oklahoma State cooperated Yeah, with the NCAA. That's,
1: that should be the biggest takeaway from, from everyone watching this case is that when the NCAA calls and says, hey, we think you're doing something sketchy, you don't say, oh, well, let me prove what's not. You say come back with a lawyer because no matter what you do or how you try to help, you know they're still going to throw the book at you as if you had dragged your feet the entire way. So you might as well try to cover it up if there was something going wrong if it doesn't yeah, make and, any difference
0: yeah and surely surely kansas will get the death penalty right yeah sure right yeah they're gonna they're gonna punish him through the back door just like a <laughs> slap on the wrist it doesn't make any sense why because this lamont evans went rogue mm-hmm. and he did not cooperate with the fbi oklahoma state did and I believe that's what Matt Norlander said was, like, one of the reasons was because he, uh, Lamont Evans, did not cooperate with the FBI or the NCAA, but the university did. Yep. And I love, I think Rondo Walker had a tweet. He's like, I was a sophomore in high school when this happened, but don't mind me. Here my, here's, here's me getting punished. And it's just, it is not right, and it's time. It's time to get rid of the NCAA.
1: Yeah, you know, I think it's going to be a a lot of dominoes are going to have to fall before that one happens. But who knows? Maybe this is that first little one before we get into those meteor sized dominoes. But absolutely ridiculous! Absolutely ridiculous!
0: Yeah, a hundred percent. Let's. Move on, because I want to talk about something other than that, other than the injustices of the NCAA. Oklahoma State has a football game this week. It's at West Maybe? Virginia. And uh, I don't know what to think about it. It's a weird game. It's because West Virginia is weird. Morgantown's an interesting place to play. I think if you're an OSU fan, there are two schools of thought. A- Oklahoma State got – or West Virginia got their big win of the season at home against Iowa State. So they might be partying a little too hard this week. Or B, West Virginia has momentum now. They just beat number 22 Iowa State, and they're at home with the crowd like on their side. Where where, where do you stand on this? Where Where is your school of thought? Is it a bit of both, or is it one of those two?
1: I think it's both, but I'm leaning more towards a little bit of a hangover because they kind of caught West or uh, Iowa State, almost caught them unaware. It was kind of a a back and forth battle there where Iowa State, it it came down to the end and uh, ironically, a uh, bad camera angle for uh, Iowa State kept them from keeping their uh, game-tying drive alive. Mm. Uh, So I'll just say, come up, it comes where it's needed. Um, But, you know, it's not like West Virginia really came out and popped him in the mouth, caught him off guard from square one. It was was a dogfight. So I think they're going to really celebrate that. I don't think it necessarily means that they've put it all together and they're ready to keep rolling. Uh, You know, I've been looking through you know, the ears games here and their stats and everything. And on offense, I, I don't know what to think really. There's, you know, they have a veteran quarterback. They've got a clear number one running back who has a hundred more touches than the next guy. Um, And they've got four wide receivers who get a pretty even split of their receiving, but it's no, Numbers really popping out. They just seem like a pretty well-rounded team. That's good, not great at a lot of things. Yeah, I,
0: I, feel, I feel the same way. It helps that um, Oakland State has already played Jared Deggie before. And uh, you look at his stats. I mean, 169 out of 255 passes completed. 666.3 completion percentage. 2,000 yards right now. 11 touchdowns, seven interceptions. Mm-hmm. And uh, I want to find his rushing stats because his rushing stats like, psh, were really
1: bad last year. Oh, I can give yeah. you this year right now here. It's 34 attempts for minus 44 yards. I believe that's yep. including sacks, but he's been sacked 15 times in eight games. So
0: that sounds right. And he's a, he's a fifth-year senior, uh, was at Bowling Green for the first two years, and Yeah, he's always had really bad rushing yards. Yeah. Um, You know, in uh, two seasons with Bowling Green, it was negative 74 and negative 188. And with West Virginia, it's been negative 41, negative 101, and negative 44. Yep. So, I mean, he has six touchdowns, none since uh, since 2020. But he just kind (laughs) of – you sit there and it makes you think, yeah, he's not mobile at all. And he's already had 15 sacks on him this year. Yeah, Um, The most he had with West Virginia was last year with 20. So, I mean, it's hard to say what he's going to do against um, the Oklahoma State defense because their defense, again, Oklahoma State's defense, one of the toughest in the nation. Mm -hmm. I kind of compare Oklahoma State in some aspects to Georgia when you look at their structure. I'm oh, not that's, saying that they are that, Georgia.
1: That's, that's a big, it's that's a, a big mighty trip. comparison there.
0: I, I, I'd say georgia light when it comes to that because okay. they have a really tough defense and their offense is not it. it gets the I, job that. done. But it's like a watered-down Big 12 version. You know, it's like, um, like Coke with like RC.
1: Ah, oh, that's, I like is that, that a, comparison. I really like that comparison. That's a good one. Tell I me, mean,
0: um, LD Brown has been on fire. Is it
1: LD or Letty? Letty. I, Letty. Because you, you, I think I, you said that when we were like, talking earlier, and I was like, I yeah, knew what you were saying. Think, yeah, Letty Brown. That's going to be confusing. Luckily, yeah, uh, OSU's LD Brown.
0: To, yeah, it's going to be Warren and Letty Brown being the running backs. But yep. he's had a really good last two games. 24 carries, 111 yards, 22 carries, and 109 yards.
1: He's Three rushing. touchdowns
0: against TCU, two touchdowns against um, Iowa State
1: he's getting they, a good 4.6 a pop so yeah it's definitely a run game that's got to be respected
0: do you think west virginia is going to be super running back heavy this game knowing that El- letty brown is going to take on uh you know malcolm rodriguez kind of in a way cuz he'll be in the backfield for sure
1: i i think they're they're going to be a run first kind of team i mean they have a split of 281 passing attempts to 273 rushing attempts. Hmm. So they're going to be pretty balanced, but between their number one guys, it looks like it's going to be a uh, run first kind of team run to set up the pass.
0: That's what I'm kind of seeing too. Um, On a scale of one to 10, we'll just, we'll, we'll get to this real quick. Scale of one to 10. How worried are you about this game?
1: i'll probably say a six and i'm only worried about that only my only concern is that one Worried they have a little bit of false confidence coming out of kansas i think i think kansas gave us a lot of good signs that the offense is getting better but i'm a little worried that you know oh we're they're coming out thinking we might be that good and they can just roll over west virginia here and maybe they do i don't think they will i think this will be another tight game like these last couple in the series have been but my other cause for concern is spencer sanders has never played west virginia i heard that today and illingworth played last year because he hurt his toe early in the season and illingworth took over and in 2019 it was drew brown and both those games were pretty pretty tight. So
0: okay, that's... Sanders
1: hasn't seen West Virginia, and West Virginia runs some weird defenses. And flip side though, West Virginia has never seen Spencer Sanders.
0: That is a cause for concern. I did not. I did not think about that. Um, the thing you wonder about because you know that they haven't seen him in person, but both have a lot of film on each other. Yeah. And I assume based off of last year, I think he go run heavy uh, to, on fright on Saturday. Yeah. And um, I, I think it's going to be the impact player. is going to be Jalen Warren. I think Jalen Warren is going to have to be the guy uh, to lead Oakland State to win this ball game, because you're probably not going to get as much of uh, the passing power you did uh, versus Kansas. So I think got to kind of revert back to, your defense against or your offense against Texas and you know uh who do we play before that Baylor and and and
1: them. Mm-hmm. Yeah you've got you've got to let Warren be your bell cow here and let him lead the way and set the tone for the offense.
0: Yeah. Uh real quick we'll we'll take a look at the spread real quick. Spread is uh minus three and a half for Oklahoma State. And the over-under is uh, 39, uh, 49, excuse me. So, uh, before we get into our score predictions, let's just go ahead and, like, what is your spread pick and what
1: is your over-under? I I think I'm taking taking OSU to cover. Okay. Uh, and the spread was 49, 49 and a half? Yes. Uh, I think I'm going to take the under on that, actually. So, I think... I think the offense is going to look a lot better this game, but I can see this being a, you know, touchdown or 10 point kind of game. I don't think it's going to be a blowout. I don't think it's going to be, I I think it's going to feel like that Baylor game did where Mm. OSU felt in control, but you know, it was the score never really changed enough to where you thought that, you know what I'm saying? I'm kind of yeah, yeah. dancing around it here, because like they were in control. But the score scoreboard made it seem a lot closer than it actually was. Yes, I feel like that's how this game is going to go, where OSU can come out to a nice seven ten point lead and just go shot for shot with West Virginia.
0: I I kind of I agree with you. I think that's what is going to happen. I think Oklahoma State is going to cover, and I think the under is going to hit too because I think that Oklahoma State. I think they're going to come out sloppy in the first half. Um, not necessarily their defense, but I feel like it's going to be like, you know, like 14 to 10 at halftime, maybe West Virginia's leading. And we're, and most people are like, well, what, what's happening? We look so good against Kansas. Well, it's Kansas for one. <laughs> and I think a lot of Oklahoma state fans put too much stock into that game. Mm-hmm. When really you should kind of look at it as Okay you did what you were supposed to do. Now let's see you take on to like a 500 team. Yeah. Um. I'll let you uh, go ahead and give your score prediction uh, real quick.
1: I'm going to uh, take, I'm going to take OSU winning it 27 to 20. I feel like that's a good, you know, three touchdowns, three, or I'm sorry, three touchdowns, two field goals to two touchdowns, two field goals. I feel like that's, kind of right about the the wheelhouse they've been living in this year. So I think that would be very on brand of them to win it. And, you know, maybe, maybe a touchdown comes four minutes left in the fourth quarter from West Virginia to bring it close and give them hope.
0: Yeah, that's where I'm kind of at too. I think, um, I'm going to go with 28 17. Uh, I think that Oklahoma state's defense is going to, they're going to be tough. They're going to continue to be tough. It just depends on if the offense can score once again. Um, I, I think they'll do that. And I think the unders going to hit. So 28, uh, 17 is where, what I'm at.
1: I like it. You think uh, West Virginia is going bowling this year? They need two more wins. They need two more
0: wins. I'll, I'll gladly talk about that. If you haven't read my series going bowling, please do on a uh, Cowboys uh, I'm trying to find their schedule. So it's, they have, they have four games left. Uh, Oklahoma State, Kansas State, Texas, and Kansas. So let, let's just assume that Oklahoma State beats West Virginia and West Virginia beats Kansas. That puts them at 5-5 five and five with Kansas State and Texas remaining. I think they win one of those.
1: I have Oddly enough, you know, the easy pick would say, "Oh yeah, they beat Kansas State and then lose to Texas," because that's that that makes the most sense. But West Virginia's got some weird voodoo magic over Texas. It's become like a weirdly close, almost like rivalry game, is how it feels ever since the uh, Holgerson Horns down play to <laughs> win it. Ever since that moment, it's been it's been weird. So I I think they beat Texas but lose a close one to Kansas State. And that makes 6 and 6.
0: That makes sense because they're going to play Kansas State at home and Texas at home. Yep. So, I kind of agree with that. I'd like Kansas State a lot down the stretch here. Uh let me let me try to look at their schedule real quick. Uh, so, I think they they have Kansas today or Saturday. West Virginia, Baylor and Texas. And I kind of think there's a scenario where they go nine and three. I don't think they will, but there's a scenario because they host Baylor. Yep. So I, I don't know. Kansas state could be uh, doing really well down the stretch.
1: I can absolutely see Kansas state winning out with that schedule. It's, it's pretty, it's pretty conducive for them, you know, outside of, you know, the road game to Texas Thanksgiving weekend, Mm -hmm. Outside of that, it's pretty you know easy win versus Kansas. Sorry, Kansas, you're just going to be a punching bag for a little bit longer. <laughs> uh, West Virginia, those that's going to be a weird game, just mm-hmm. on every facet. Baylor, Kansas State hasn't really tripped someone up this year like they usually do. They usually get someone. Maybe that was Stanford, but Stanford's I'd, three
0: and five right now, so I don't know. If that's I guess
1: not up. then. But, you know, they're, they're due to trip someone up this year. And I, I think it might be Baylor in Manhattan and then Texas. Let's just go ahead, and pencil them in for a uh, late blown lead and uh, see if that prediction comes true.
0: <laughs> Do you think Texas makes a bowl game this year? Because there is three teams, Kansas state, West Virginia, and Texas that all have to play each other. And either team can like win out or lose out. Uh all they got uh they got Iowa State this week, Kansas next week, West Virginia, Kansas State. And I think they'll split those first two. They'll lose to Iowa State probably, they'll beat Kansas State. Or, I'm things. sorry, they'll beat I Kansas. hope
1: Texas loses to Iowa State cuz if Texas beats Iowa State, I have no idea just what to think about Iowa State anymore.
0: That would be that would be a bad loss for them with all the expectations that they have.
1: This um, this season's already uh, feels like a lost season to them. So. Probably, probably. So, who knows? They can go, you know, they
0: can go eight and four. They can go uh, five and seven. It either way, we we just don't know. Uh, real quick, let's talk about what did you think of the playoff rankings, and did you think Oklahoma State was in the right spot?
1: I think Over. Oklahoma State's right about where they should be. You can make a case they should be a little higher. I think eleven's kind of that sweet spot where they're at. If if their one loss is to someone else other than Iowa State, who's getting a really weird rep right now, then they'd probably be higher. You know, they had lost that game to Texas and that was their only loss on the season. Maybe they're eight or nine, but 11 feels right it's a it's a good spot to be in right now
0: yeah i i think so too because it's not the you know it's it's 11 there's kind of a like oh we get the top 10 that's really good uh but if you lose in the top 10 it's another oh gundy gundy blunder yeah but um i I like the spot they're in i think the one complaint i have well i have multiple complaints about the top 10 alabama too makes no sense to me
1: None at all. They have no good quality wins and their losses to a team whose only quality win is versus Alabama. It, how, if if they had put them at four, I'd probably have no complaints. Four or five, none at all, but two, really? It's if, if you're trying to convince everyone that, you know, the, uh, they're not biased against group of five teams and bias towards sec teams they're doing a really bad job of it they're finding new ways to convince us of those two uh almost facts at this point point. and then I mean,
0: since cincinnati has a better one than alabama right now yep um i i don't know what else i need to say on that second thing well we just touched on cincinnati Michigan over Oklahoma. Look, I know it's, you know, Oklahoma's at eight. Ha 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 ha, you know, but Michigan should not be ranked ahead of Oklahoma. I no. don't care how bad Oklahoma's been. Michigan hasn't proven anything either.
1: No, it's just. I th- I think you put Oklahoma over Michigan. I'd be a lot happier with that top ten. I think if you Cincinnati at four Alabama at five and you know Oklahoma over Michigan I don't care where that falls because Michigan hasn't looked bad this year but they just haven't given enough evidence to be an obvious you know top six pick but it's such a it's such a weird ranking and The cowards won't rank UTSA. That's just yep. (laughs) Rank them. (laughs) Rank rank them. They won't rank UTSA. Uh, I'm trying to.
0: They won't rank an undefeated CUSA team. They won't rank an undefeated UTSA team. But they'll rank a two-loss San Diego State or Fresno State. Which, you know, I, I mean, some of that's deserved, but at the same
1: time, you're just like. It just doesn't. It doesn't add up. No, the the only reason I can think that Fresno State is ho- is in the top twenty five is because that is Oregon's second most notable win. So that really well, props them up.
0: Yeah, I mean Fresno State. They beat UCLA. Uh, they uh,
1: they're not they, a bad team. They, I don't. I don't yeah. want it to sound like I'm disrespecting Fresno State. They're oh, a good team, and they're gonna make a run in the Mountain West here. But yeah. Seven and two over an eight and oh UTSA. Rank UTSA, you cowards. That's that's the the gist of the story. Well, if anything,
0: I, I don't I don't think Minnesota should be ranked right now. Neither probably neither Iowa or Wisconsin. They had three Big Ten teams there in a row. Wisconsin, Minnesota, and Iowa.
1: Mm-hmm. I'm not sure if it,
0: either of the uh the trifecta of those teams should be ranked.
1: I mean, Minnesota's not ranked in the AP. They weren't. They Minnesota's lost the Iowa's nineteen in the AP. I don't understand that one, but so I guess I guess we can let Iowa hang out there at twenty-two. I don't I don't have a problem with them.
0: Yeah, being I mean they're twenty-two, so Wisconsin though? Like Well, Wisconsin beat Iowa, so you have to put them ahead of Iowa. Because that because they beat Iowa.
1: Yeah, but they're they're the only three loss team. Mississippi in, State. Oh, Mississippi State. Oh, I'm sorry. I missed them. I forgot about Mississippi State. Setting up Everyone for a great knows. Egg Bowl this year, Ole Miss and Mississippi State, but are, are we really sure that Mississippi State and Wisconsin are the two best three-loss teams in the country right now?
0: I don't know who else you'd put in there. I wouldn't put a three-loss team in right now. Not right now.
1: Absolutely not,
0: not right now. But, um, But I mean, we'll see. We could obviously say that the this doesn't matter, and that the only I think the only rankings that matter are they're going to be the last two. Yeah, the last two sets up like the win and in scenarios, and the last one's the last one.
1: So, mm-hmm. well, the the problem with these earlier ones is it kind of telegraphs to us who they view as better wins and better losses. That's so, true, then you also this is, this is setting up for you know. Alabama even if they you know lose to Georgia in the SEC championship they're pretty much a lock for Then, even with as a two loss team I don't think so I think that
0: I I, I don't think that I think you can not have a two loss team in the playoff so I think that'll get sorted out I think right now they might have also I kind of think that's also kind of like they want the views and the clicks and everything. So they mm. were like, okay, we're gonna we just screw with some people here today.
1: <laughs> spice it up a little bit or spice early. it
0: up a little bit. But also I think the other factor could be is that they're currently ranking the four best teams at the moment. And that's that they're fair. not projecting.
1: That's, so. I, I think that's the problem that a lot of people have right now is that they try to see this as This is who we think will be the four best teams at the end of the season, not at this point right now. Yeah,
0: I mean, I have a hard time with it too, but even then, like the AP poll, like, it was fine. I wonder, do you bring back the BCS, but
1: you just do the four teams then? See, I wouldn't hate that, but... I, I think there are better better ways of sorting it out. Can you combine them combine computers
0: with the CFP
1: well, that's essentially what the BCS did is they used computers and polls to basically spit out a number and that's that's part of why the BCS like this is this is why Oklahoma state chance should have hated the BCS. Um, other than just you know we got number three in 2011 they they should hate it because it took into the fact that the sec did a voting block basically and voted oklahoma state as like the number five or 16 rather than third or fourth if the mm-hmm. sec didn't band together in 2011 and all of their coaches vote oklahoma state between you know five and seven they get that bump over alabama for the national title game so there's got to be kind of a middle ground to it. I think the committee is better than coaches voting, but I I think there's no perfect way of doing it. I like the way FCS does their playoffs, but that's so such a far shot dream for the FBS right now that it's almost it's almost even pointless to discuss it. I would love to see a expanded, you know, three four round playoff but this is what we're stuck with for the near future
0: I'm cool with 12 to be honest like
1: that that's where I'm sitting have top four gets a buy uh, the you know the eight teams playing play on college campuses to, of the higher seeded team next round is all in your usual bowl games you know your new year six stuff and go from there. I, I would love that. I would love it to have, uh, what was it? Top six conference winners. Mm-hmm. So, you know, not necessarily your Power 5 AQ idea that we keep seeing thrown around. But, you know, the the any conference, mm-hmm. top six winners by rankings get in. And then the committee decides the other six that get in for the at-larges. Because that that absolutely gives your your small schools a way better chance of getting in.
0: Yeah, I think yeah, you do the power. I think you do power five, and then you add a guaranteed like group of five champion. Mm-hmm. But also, I think part of me thinks that the group of five should do their own playoff because they're not getting the respect they deserve here.
1: No, I I would love to see that happen. I'm just with realignment coming around now. I don't know what the group of five is going to be, you know, everyone kind of says that as a joke that the new big 12, isn't going to be a power conference and that it's not. Well, first of all, don't you disrespect us like that? Cause <laughs> you can't look me in the eye and tell me that ACC is better than uh, the big, the new big 12 right now, take OU and Texas out and you try to tell me the ACC is better than Oklahoma state Baylor, uh, BYU, Houston, uh, who am I missing here? UCF. You, uh, UCF is a new great and Cincy. Cincy, of course. Cincy, yeah. Oh my god, how did I forget Cincy? Cincy, if there are any Cincy fans listening to this podcast, I am very sorry I forgot you right there. Hey, yo, go uh, go, Bearcats! Okay. I, I I want nothing but the best for you guys this year. Go to the playoffs and wreck some people's dreams. Please do it. But so
0: let's you- uh, let's transition real quick. we we'll, we're gonna talk a little bit about the baseball schedule that was just released today by Oklahoma state. They open the season at Vanderbilt, uh, February 18th through the 20th. Then they have a game the following Tuesday, February 22nd against Sam Houston state at globe life field in Arlington, Texas.
1: That'll be a, be a fun road trip. Absolutely. Nashville and finish it up in Arlington.
0: Hundred percent. I, I don't know what the weather like in Nashville is like. In, well, I don't know what it's like in February, but hope yeah, for the best
1: there. Couldn't tell you either. But <laughs> I mean, it's Vanderbilt. Vanderbilt is is the premier team of college baseball. Let's. I was so excited to hear Vanderbilt was coming to you know for the opening of O'Brate Stadium, and obviously it's a one one for one trip. Now that we see that we're opening it in Vanderbilt, I think it's a good time to. Get your name on the map early, though, because Vander, Vanderbilt's, you know, with their scholarships situation, mm-hmm. always has a great team. They're without their, you know, back-to-back aces that just shut down OSU last year. But they're still going to be a great team. There's, there's still, you know, every reason to believe this is still going to be a great team next year. And I think those early season games anything can happen rankings don't matter recruiting rankings don't matter those early season games anything can happen i think it's gonna be a fun fun game fun fun series out in nashville
0: i i, I think so too should be very entertaining uh following that i'm um, just gonna continue down here right state series at right state february 25th through the 27th of february that is their opening that's osu's op- home opener series uh then march 1st through the 2nd uh they go to arizona state arizona state is a sneaky good power there gonzaga march 4th through the 6th missouri state march 8th then a three-game series at apparently one of the most beautiful ballparks byu in
1: provo have 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 you you seen the pictures of that ballpark i have uh, oh, it's gorgeous. I'm I'm trying to figure out if I can sneak a trip out to Utah to catch this game. It seems like such a fun trip.
0: Well, it just seems like a heck of a heck of a ball field to look at. I mean, you got the mountains yeah. in the background. It's unreal.
1: Oh it's yeah. Crazy. No, it's BYU. I am so super excited that they're joining the Big Twelve just because uh trips up to Provo, I feel like it will be a fun, fun trip all around. Uh you might need to get your alcohol fix elsewhere, but you'll still have a fun time in in provo
0: The one thing that's gonna be difficult is that they don't play on Sundays, so I think a lot of soccer schedules and obviously some uh some baseball schedules are gonna have to be reaccommodated uh, well, so...
1: looks like we're getting our sneak peek on how they're gonna handle baseball here. They're doing a Thursday through Saturday series. Uh, yeah. So that doesn't really mess with the travel schedule too, too much, at least on that front.
0: Yeah, it, it shouldn't really, but I, I think Oklahoma State fans are going to need to get used to that, though, that Thursday through Saturday yep, uh, portion of the schedule. So then March 16th, Dallas Baptist at home, and then f- March 18th through the 20th, four games in three days against Seton Hall with a doubleheader on March 19th. That's um, why not just schedule three games there? I don't know why they need to make it four. That just yeah. seems like tough on players. Like baseball is a
1: g- heck of a grinding sport. Yeah, that's that's beyond me why they would do that because it's not like I have any other doubleheaders scheduled throughout the year, especially not one to make it a four game series. Yeah, must must be something going on between. Oklahoma State and Seton Hall's athletic department maybe holidays friends with someone and you know wants a good good weekend to get the boys ready for conference play.
0: Yeah, that 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 could easily be the case. They got a game on Tuesday against or- on uh, March 22nd against Oral Roberts at Oral Roberts. Uh, then they open up conference play against Kansas, followed by one bedlam game in Norman, March 29th. April 1st through the 3rd is at Kansas State with a trip up to Wichita on April 5th against Wichita State. Then they have a Bedlam series here in Stillwater, uh, April 8th 8th through the 10th, with a home game against Wichita State April 12th. Then they travel the Country at West Virginia, April 15th through the 17th, and then host Oral Roberts on April 19th. TCU the big bad tcu uh, the rematch with them uh, for uh, cuz uh, last year was the conference title april 22nd through april 24th tcu is here interesting
1: yeah that'll be that'll be a big series especially coming up with good lead up into it i mean west virginia's always got a pretty decent baseball team Wichita State and Oral Roberts. For whatever reason, OSU struggles with Oral Roberts year in, year out. Probably just us cursed for taking um Rob Walton from them. <laughs> makes makes sense. Uh don't know if you knew this, but uh Rob Walton was Oral Roberts head coach before he came to OSU. Ah. So lots of beef in that. On I think that it's just, grill. I think it's
0: respect. I think it's just respect thing. I don't know, but uh they play yeah. Wichita State three different times on three different Tuesdays, <laughs> April 26th at Wichita State. Just schedule a series.
1: Yeah. I, maybe it's just they don't have – neither of them have a good weekend to make it work, but that is weird. That's really weird. Yeah. I, the other I, thing I, that's catching my eye here is notice where the, the OU games are. They're not in Tulsa or Oklahoma City. Uh, are I don't we know. Seeing- are we seeing the end of uh, the the neutral sites for the conference games? Or is this just they haven't been finalized yet, so officially Oklahoma State's the home team and all else defaults It's back in Stillwater?
0: I don't know. I, I, I think that is the case where – because, I mean, each of them get a home game, and I kind of assume that that neutral game on the 29th mm-hmm. might be – Either one. I mean, we'll see. I think they usually try to do, like, home and home. I think that might be the They
1: usually end up playing five games Mm -hmm. in a given year. They'll play one in Norman and one in Stillwater as uh, non-conference games. And then the three-game series is usually – they do two in Oklahoma City, one in Tulsa, or two in Tulsa, one in Oklahoma City. And they just alternate who's the home team officially – uh for uh every other year they just alternate it um it's actually super super interesting i uh i used to work for the tulsa drillers and of course one oak oh, wow. field hosts that game and the uh, the local box offices are the ones that end up uh, running that so you know in this case Oklahoma State's the home team so it'd be OSU's box office running it Mm-hmm. So it also sneaks some suspicion into my brain. Is this is this OSU getting back at OU for leaving for the big for the SEC? <laughs> I'm always thinking of stuff like Eight. that. You know, <laughs> I said that after, you know, OU snuck away and you know did all this backdoor dealing to go to the SEC, that's like, you know what? I hope Dr. Shrum does no favors for OU. I hope when OU calls and says, hey, let's schedule a non-conference home and home, uh, you know, that way we, each fan base gets to see it. I hope Dr. Shrum says, mm, we're good. Thanks. <laughs> so just just a little mi- middle fingers for their hand in this mess. That's what I, I'm hoping for. I, don't well, know, I think it's going to happen. Probably not. But
0: I think you kind of need them. So I don't know. I mean, you yep. don't want a Texas Texas A&M situation. So hopefully that's a little more peaceful. But. Speaking of Texas, uh, April 29th through May 1st at Texas. Southeast Missouri State, May 6th through May 8th. Away game at Dallas Baptist, uh, May 10th. They host Texas Tech, May 13th through the 15th. That'll be the final series of the season um, at home. And then May 19th through the 21st is at Baylor before the Big 12 Championships now at Globe Life in Arlington, Texas. May 25th through the 29th, NCAA Regionals, June 3rd through June 6th, Super Regionals, June 9th through June 12th, and the College World Series in Omaha, June 17th through the 27th. So how are you feeling about this team as we just looked at the schedule and everything?
1: Well, I'll be the first to admit I don't really have my finger on the pulse of college baseball recruiting. But our, our good sources who are into that specifically uh, Joel Penfield, uh, he keeps he keeps keeps me in the loop enough to at least not talk uh, without any basis. It sounds like they're going to have a good squad this year. They've got they've got a really good recruiting class coming in. They got a bunch of guys coming back from last year. I th- I think this could be one of those special seasons that it seems like the last couple of years, they've always always just been, you know, an injury or two has kept them from really coming together or, you know, just one piece is out of place. But with the amount of talent that's coming in and the amount of guys who got an extra year of eligibility because of the canceled season, and there's going to be a lot of talent on this roster, you know, I'm just scrolling through it right now. And Houston Morrill's back, Mm -hmm. Bryce Osmond's back. Uh, Nolan McLean, they they've got some dudes. They could they could make this a pretty good run. They're they should be a preseason top twenty five team across the board. And where in that top twenty five is, anyone's guess is probably better than mine. But they're going to be a, they're going to be a, a a team to to be making a good run this year. I feel. And they've got, you know, with. TCU and Texas Tech at home, they're they're set up for success. Yeah, I
0: I, I definitely think they are as well. Um, I'm not. I don't think Josh Holiday's on the hot seat, but I think there's a match nearby. Um, I, I think he needs to have a pretty big year to you know be safe because I don't know if being a three seed in a regional is going to be a lot of fun or is going to cut it for a lot of osu baseball fans
1: yeah i can see that you know i think that's a conversation not a lot of people want to have is is he on the hot seat i mean he started off so strong and it's just been kind of meh since producing a lot of talent a lot of guys getting drafted a lot of guys entering their minor league careers working their way up to the bigs but you know lots of two and three seeds and regionals not a lot of hosts and if i recall last time they did host they didn't make it to supers so i don't know i'm i think i'm thinking the wrong year here because uh wasn't the last time they hosted was when they had to play in oklahoma city they did make it to supers that year but they were on the wrong side of supers so they didn't get to host supers
0: and last time they've been to the College World Series, I mean,
1: which is tough
0: as always. I think that was 2015 or 16, wherever Coastal Carolina won. So yep. you like to get back. It's been a while. So hopefully the yep. hopefully the best happens. Uh, uh, one final note, we're going to talk about Oklahoma State's softball schedule. Their conference schedule, at least, was released uh, March 25th through the 27th. Texas Tech at home, April 1st through April 3rd at Baylor. April 8th through April, April 10th at at Iowa state. They host Kansas April 14th through the 16th. They host Texas April 22nd through the 24th, a rematch of the super regional uh, that was here in Stillwater. So that's going to be a lot of fun. And then April, uh May 6th through May 8th at Norman Bedlam. This is shaping up to be another great year for OSU softball. And I'm very excited for how this season is going to go. And I can't wait to talk it later down the line, whenever the season starts up in February.
1: Oh yeah. I'll say that there's not enough words to describe how good of a job Kenny Gaieski has done rebuilding this program. It's about as drilled as you can get. And what concerned me whenever Oklahoma state started being really good consistently was is like, Oh, everyone knows how good Kenny Gaieski is. How long can we keep him here? But he he's seems to be like Mike Boynton here, where you know his name might keep coming up in these searches, but he's he's really happy in Stillwater, it seems, and so I think they just need to get over that OU hump, right? They've they've made the World Series twice, you know they're right on the cusp of it. I think if he can kind of break that curse against OU here, and you know. I'm not saying sweep them every single game, but, you know, if they come out and, you know, win a regular season series against them or, you know, beat them in the tournament once or something like that, like I think you could really turn the corner for this team. I think when that happens, I think the world is or oyster. Consider them favorites in the world series. Yeah, I,
0: I think – um They are. I think they are probably on the cusp. They do, you know, the transfer portal thing. They got a lot of transfers uh, this year, Um, and I think they're gonna they're gonna be coming back with a vengeance after losing to Florida State in at two
1: a.m. Yeah, what a what an ugly way to lose a game. Just, I'm I'm glad to hear that they're gonna start, you know, fixing the scheduling with the women's college world series because that was just ludicrous some of the stuff they're putting them through there hundred percent so good to see they're starting to get some of that stuff fixed and they're they're kind of renovating the stadium I think they took down the
0: fence the other day they're putting in new grass or I guess it's turf now
1: yeah uh, but... I, I was in Stillwater for homecoming here and you know I got to see all the stuff they're changing with it i I'm yet to see any formal announcements to what's going on with it though. You know, it doesn't, I don't know if it's just time for a new wall or. I hope they do like a double decker deck or a mega deck,
0: which is just like the deck is all the way around.
1: That's what I'd love to see. I'm real good friends with all the guys who started the tradition with the, the outfield wall and just seeing how much that's grown from when they just backed up their trucks to it and sat in lawn chairs. See how much it's grown. It's just been a special thing to watch. And, you know, they've basically become part of the, the culture there for cowgirl softball. It's, it's so cool and I'd love to see them steer into it and really, you know, really own up to, you know, that identity with the team. Yeah, I
0: absolutely agree. And uh, that'll wrap up the show today. Colby think or, Colin, I don't know why. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's all right. Forgive me. I, my gosh, I, I've had a weird
1: week. Um, so, for forgive me there. Um, hey, no worries. It's not the worst worst thing I've been called.
0: <laughs> well, where can they find you on uh, social media?
1: You can find me on social media uh, at the CP3. That's three as in three eyes. That's me on Twitter. I also stream on Twitch sometimes at Baron There. Uh, so come check me out. I like talking sports. I don't get to talk enough sports. Thank you so much for having me on here, filling in for Jacob. It's been an honor just to pretend to fill his shoes.
0: Yeah. I think he, I think he did a good job. Uh, so we'll see you next week or we'll I'll see you Monday. Hopefully Jacob is back Monday and uh, we'll recap West Virginia for you guys. Uh. Have a good rest of your day, however you're listening or whatever time you're listening. Go Pokes!